I'm Rena Striggle. Welcome to the Courage to Breakthrough podcast. Each of us has an exceptional ability to impact the world. We're here to make the world a better place by living life with awareness and fulfilling our unique purpose. It's time to break through obstacles and fear in order to stop wishing something will happen and start making a courageous life a reality. Your journey starts right now. Welcome everybody, and I'm excited for this week's issue. You know, we're in very uncertain times right now, as we are in many different times of our life where things change dramatically and we have to shift focus, we, we have to shift our activities, we have to shift the way we're thinking about things, and sometimes, like it is right now, things can be a little frightening, it can be easy to get overwhelmed by information, So this week, I'm really excited to have on the show one of my dear friends. His name is Mario Perez, and I wanted Mario to be on the show this week because of his amazing ability to manage his mindset and, you know, turn a negative into a positive. He's got a real zest for life and a real ability to focus on things that might not be in the moment the most money earning thing that he could do, but he is a true master of networking and making sure that all the people around him know that he is there and present and there to help. So I'm just excited to have Mario on the show. You're going to learn so much from him. You're just going to be amazed by his energy, his vitality, and his extreme excitement about life. So without further ado, let's bring Mario on and welcome to The Courage to Breakthrough. Mario, it's so good to have you on the podcast. You have been my go-to conversation this week. I have been just so excited to have this conversation with you because, you know, obviously you and I get to talk every week on, on our mastermind call, but you always have some amazing word of wisdom that just fires me up every single week. And I was like, I got to get Mario on the show because we want him firing up everybody else. Thank you. Thank you. For, first of all, like I mentioned to you before, I'm, I'm humbled that you, that I'm, that I'm inspiring that way, you know, to, to you, that I'm that inspiring to you. Thank you so much. Well, you know, uh, being, uh, it has never been, like, I've never been that person, right? But, you know, but I, I learned, I, I learned years and years ago on that I have two choices in the morning. I can get, get up in the morning and be grumpy, or I can get up and try to make the best of it and be happy, right? Absolutely. Try to, try to, uh, instill a happiness in people around me. I have some people, I, you know, I don't guess like you, we, we talk to a lot of people every day. And that's what, that's what I do. Uh, it gets to the point that my kids sometimes, when, when, when my son or my daughter, when we go to the store, my daughter says, Dad, I just, let's go to the store that nobody knows you. Because <laughs> when we go to the store, you know, we end up talking to somebody. And then, and I, I not that I should have been a psychologist. No, I don't want to be that. But I think because of the line of work that I do, and I've been doing it for so long, that people just, they just let you have it. And, and I love to ask questions because I want to know about you. Like, I want to know what's going on with you. Like, they know what I do. If, I, if they want to see what I do, they know what I do. And if they ask me questions, I'm flattered. Like what you said, that you, you ask, you're asking me to be here. This rarely happens. I'm usually, the, it's usually the other way around. So I'm, yeah. I'm, so, so tell everybody who's listening before we get, you know, into the journey, tell everybody like 
where are you at? Tell everybody what you do. And then let's get into the story of how you got where you are right now. Uh, well, my name is Mario Perez. I, I live in the city of uh, Rancho Mirage, which is adjacent to Pond Springs. I've been here for 34 years. 34 years, man. That's a long time, huh? <laughs> and this, it sounds, oh my God, I just thought about it. 34 years. I'm a single dad. I have two kids. My son's 26. He graduated from college and he um, has a master's and all that. And my daughter's, she'll be 16 on the 23rd of this month. Oh, happy birthday to her. Yes, yes. Well, luckily she didn't want to have a sweet 16. Otherwise, she'd be really bummed out. Oh, yeah. If you had been planning some big party, this would be a total bummer for sure. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the oldest of seven kids. Uh, luckily, all my, my siblings uh, are alive and we live close by. My parents uh, also live a close proximity from where I live. I'm a real estate agent. I've been doing, uh, I've been selling real estate for 21 years and I love it. I wouldn't do anything else except if somebody pays me to travel, I will do that. But what I do is so diverse. And I, and, and, and I always tell my kids, because I really want them to get in business, I said, everything that I do every day, every transaction, I've done over 2,700 transactions. Every transaction is different. Every, it's like a, like a movie or a soap opera. It could be a really nice movie. It could be a soap opera, a drama and all that. But I like the, the diversity because nothing is the same. Nothing. Nothing is ever the same. It could be a very similar similarity, but there's always not the same and that's what I like I like the the change I like something different all the time yeah so I know real estate was not the direction that you were headed coming out of high school you had a different aspiration once upon a time so what what made you shift from the direction that you thought you were going to the real estate business I, I think I mentioned to you briefly, uh, when I first came to Pond Springs, I was 17 and a half, and I was only supposed to be here for two weeks, and I'm still here after 34 years, <laughs> and uh, actually 36 years. Gosh, I just thought about it. It's more, but I'm not even going to go there. I'm giving my age. So when I, when I came here, I, I wasn't planning to stay in here, so I, I went to work at a, at a restaurant at a pancake house. It's a well-known pancake house in Pond Springs, Elmer's. And my uncle was the lead chef there. So he said, well, come and do some, uh, wash some dishes or something for us. And they were busy. So, so I went over there. I was a dishwasher for about, why well, stayed here, right? So then I, I was a dishwasher for like seven to nine months. Then I wanted to move into like the kitchen. And I wanted to learn something different. I don't want to be doing that all the time. Nothing wrong with that. But um, then I learned the kitchen aspect. And then... Um, when I left that restaurant, by that time my uncle had left, and three years after I left, I was a kitchen manager with my broken English. And, uh, but I had all the desire in the world to do anything, right? And one of the managers, uh, this lady that changed my life, uh, Joan Baker, she was a manager there. And she saw something on me that, you know, that she said, Mario, I'm going to work for the Marriott. I want you to come, come and work with me. So I said, let's go. So then I went to work for the Marriott and it was up and down with the Marriott. I worked for the Marriott for seven years. One of the best jobs I ever had. Great company. I learned a lot of my uh, fundamentals about business and customer service. Best customer service. I mean, and I think that's why I'm successful in what I do because that's what I focus on. And uh, 
And let me just tell how detailed this thing was. When I was a, a I, I was learning to become a sous chef and then eventually to become an executive chef. And I was working in San Diego. And there was this guy that was a, a director. No, he was a district uh, executive chef for uh, the Marriott. And I'm walking with him. Like, I wanted to learn so much from him. I was so eager to learn. And I love, love just learning, right? I'm always taking notes. So I'm walking with this guy. And he was Chester. He was from Ireland with this accent. We're walking, and there was a piece of lettuce on the floor. He's walking, walking, and then he stopped me. He says, stop. And then he picks up the piece of lettuce, and he says, would you ever leave a piece of lettuce in your house on the floor? No. Treat this job, treat this place like it's your house. This is your house. You treat it just like it. And I, that really, I mean, I was young. I was like, okay, cool. That's what I'll do. And I always try to do that. And so when I left the Marriott, seven years later, which I was grateful that I, when I left because there were some changes and stuff. And um, well, I'll tell you what those changes were because I was ready to embark into a new, where I was working in San Diego, there is a, a large hospital. The largest hospital in San Diego is called uh, Sharp Memorial Hospital. And the Marriott used to take care of the food and beverage. So we used to make the best food over there because the Marriott is taking care of it, right? So I was getting wow. the best training. I was getting the best training and I was going to move on to go to another, to, to another um, hospital. And one day I come into work and my, my immediate boss and his boss, three people above me, they were gone. So they had just got let go. And, but I was so fired. I was like getting ready to get married. I thought I was going to get married and I'm going to move to, you know, I'm going to buy a house in San Diego, everything lined up. And then I come in and then I go to the office and said, where is my, where's so-and-so? And I said, well, they're no longer with the company. And I said, okay, well, I'm supposed to go from here to this other uh, place, you know, in a month. Is that job still available for me? And the gentleman tells me, unfortunately, that position has been filled and you can stay here and do what you were doing before, which he was floating because I was like just learning all the ropes and stuff. So I right there and there and I gave him my two week notice. And that was also another one of the best decisions I made. The gentleman was really cool. He gave me uh, two-month pay, and I said, go home right now to just find another place because if you need a letter of recommendation, I will do that. So I left, and I didn't leave with the – I left with a lot of knowledge. But then I, and then, then I came back to Pond Springs, and I was in a position like, shoot, man, what am I going to do here? I don't want to go into restaurants anymore. And uh, I was getting married. Like this happened in July. I was getting married in November. So I'm like, oh man. So then, so everything changed. And then I came here and then I started a cleaning maintenance business. And I started with two ladies uh, that used to help me. And so I, within a year and a half to two years, I built up business to, I have 52 employees. Wow. I, I didn't know how I was running that thing because it was so much work. So much work. We were doing a lot of business, a lot of uh, commercial, a lot of residential. So there was a lot of running around for me. And uh, going from one place to another. So I always had to do like, like in the parents, hey, how you doing, Mario? You know, like, ladies are here. They're going to clean and go to the next one. And uh, so that's what I did all the time. It was like, like all the PR. And we were very successful. We, we did really good. But it got to the point that um, my back was hurting. And I, my doctor says, you need to change. You got to do something different. And it's crazy because we used to clean a house for this lady, see a friend of mine, Judy Weiss Ziegler. 
And she said, why don't you go into lending? Do, do loans. You're bilingual and this and that. So, so I debated that for six months. And then I went. I liked it. And I sold my business, my cleaning business. And I did loans for like a year, no, two years. Then I, from there, I became an, uh, a real estate agent. Probably the best decisions also that I ever make. Because I, I, I truly, truly love, love what I do. Love what I do. I wouldn't do anything else, like I said, unless somebody pays me to travel. But other than that, so that's what I do, and uh, I like the fact that um, it gives me the liberty to travel. It uh, it's very fulfilling and um, really, really rewarding. Really rewarding, uh, not just monetarily, but um, it's very rewarding to be able to help somebody. Yeah. A lot of times you're not you're not. I'm not just helping you know, someone to buy the first house. Some, somebody could be dying, the divorce. There are situations, there's very dramatic situations that you just got to know what to do and when to do it. And one of my, one of the things that I really, that I'm really good at, that I, my, my daughter identified that uh, a couple of years ago. She said, you know what, you're good at that. So when somebody calls you, you don't just jump and just like react. I'm like, you tell me a situation and, if it's not like somebody's dying or anything, then I digest that for a day. And tomorrow, I, okay, I got to do A, B, C, D, and then we'll just take care of it. Because there's a lot of turmoil sometimes in real estate and people, people's emotions can get a little crazy. And, and I'm going to just calm down. It's just, I mean, I don't tell people to calm down, but I try not to absorb people's stress. That's yeah. In listening to this, Mario, you definitely have not been a person who said, here is my goal. I'm going to stay on one trajectory to get where I'm going. You have, you've literally pivoted, like in your early career, you pivoted some major pivots from going from thinking you were going into engineering to then ending up being in, you know, a chef to then being a, a, an entrepreneur and, and rapidly escalating a business to dumping that, to shifting into lending, to shifting into real estate. So you know, as you're doing those shifts, what's the mindset that you have around that? Like, how do you, is that easy for you? Is that hard for you? How do you evaluate your opportunities in that way? Because most people would not be able to say that they've done such a broad diversity of things so early in their career. I, I think you just said a word. Uh, I always see the opportunity. Currently, there's tremendous amount of opportunity because of what's going on. And I always see not so much the opportunity for me to benefit myself, for me to make a lot of money. That's not the opportunities I'm referring to. I'm referring about the opportunities of growth, opportunities of learning. How, what knowledge can I pass to my kids? What knowledge can I pass to my... I have 27 nephews and nieces. <laughs> and they'll look up to me like, I can't be like just winging it. I need to be on it. I mean, like this morning, my, 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 my oldest niece, April, she's 28, and she says, hey, so, so, uh, so we're home, and, and she's just asking me, what can I do, you know, because she, she knows I like to run, I like to work out, because I told her months ago, we're going to go to Hawaii when, this, uh, you know, uh, when, when the summer comes, so she said, we're still on, yeah, so, you know, the people, people in my family look up to me, so I'm always, I feel like, uh, not that I have to which I enjoy because I enjoy it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm human, right? You know, if I want to sleep in all day, I, I do that. I don't really do that, buddy. I was going to say, I, you I, don't really do that. 
the choice to do that, right? But at the same time, it's like I, the opportunity for me to be able to, to instigate this, um, and sometimes I get, I think it's the, the level of energy in which I operate every day that I, I was actually uh, writing on this the other night. I was having a glass of wine by myself, and I'm like, I'm just going to write. And I feel like sometimes my level of energy doesn't always go well with, uh, with, with other people, and which is cool, and I respect that. And I think I, I tend to operate at a different level. I'm going, 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 and all day, because guess what? I only get this many hours a day. And at the end of the day, when I come home and I didn't finish three, four things, if I did the best that I could that day, those things are waiting for me tomorrow. But I don't want to come home and say, oh, I slack and I end up doing this, I end up going for a beard. No, I mean, I have, there's, I, like you said, I, I do have goals. And, um, and, and I'm a goal setting type of person. And I, I usually like to share those with others so that if I tell you, you know what, hey, I'm going to do X, you know, ABC, I, I like people to keep me accountable to that. So the fact that I was able to pivot, I think, is the fact that I, can, that I see the opportunity. Yeah. And I'm so grateful to be in a country that it'll, gives me the opportunities. Because in reality, I create my own opportunities. Nobody's bringing them to me. We create our own, in my opinion, we create our own opportunities. Yeah. I'm not going to wait for somebody to say, well, here's the job. No, I call you. I mean, and, and what, what can I do for you? Yeah. It's always about helping people. It's not about, I, I like to, I earn what I, I, I earn a lot of money for what I do, but at the same time, I, I work my ass off. It's not an easy job, you know? Yeah. I think probably real estate is, is one of the, you know, sort of, economic sectors that has some of the most volatility, right? The housing market can be hot or it can be in the tank and then it can be hot and in the tank. So being in that industry for so long, talk about the resiliency that you've developed around the highs and lows of, you know, something that doesn't stay steady for very long most of the time. Mm -hmm. one, one thing that I, that I learned early in my career, I had a client that he has a lot of money, and he came to me and said, Mario, I want to buy all this land. There was a city uh, east from where I live, and it was pretty much deserted. He said, I have X amount of dollars, and I want to buy in every lot was subdivided already. He ended up buying, he already had like 1,500 lots. We ended up selling him like another 5,000 lots, but they were very inexpensive at that time. And so the amount of work that goes to sell him a lot for $2,500 is the same amount of work that goes for me to sell a million dollar home. But then on $2,500, I'm making two, three hundred and a million dollar home that I don't really sell million dollar homes. I'm not going to come here and say that. Yeah. Most of my price value is from a million down to like 300 somewhere on there. Mm -hmm. so, uh, but, so then I realized, hmm, well, this guy is buying all this land. And so I started doing the same thing with my brother. So I said, well, so I told the guy, Al, you buy one, I buy one. You buy one. Then for a while, that, that worked out. And then the previous, when the market took a dive, we were lucky to, lucky to have enough land that we sold that allow us to live for the next two, three years until we, like, figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. I feel that um, one of the, the, the best opportunities that we could have is still real estate. And one thing that I've done is that um, 
if there's an opportunity that comes into my and, and to me before I used to call clients, I say, hey, you know, uh, Michelle, you want to buy this property? And then I will make two or three percent. But then I got smarter. Then I said, hmm, I know that there's this deal here. If I sell it to Michelle or Michael, or whatever, they're going to make 50, 100,000, whatever that is. Then I said, okay, Michelle, I got this deal. If you buy it, you can make $50,000. I will bring the deal to you. You buy it. We'll fix it or whatever with your money, not my money, with your money. I'm going to bring the deal. That's my bring it to the table. And then, and then we'll, we'll split the profit. You take the taxes out, you give me my money. Mm-hmm. I did that. I started doing that years ago, and I still do it today. I have four deals going on right now. My money's not out there. It's their money. But there are people, people that I trust. They're not going to screw me, or I'm not going to take, you know, uh, take advantage of them. But it's just a matter of like, like pivot. What, what are the opportunities? Because I'm not going to put all my money in one property and wait two, three, four, five months with as many other opportunities happening. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I feel that sometimes we get so wrapped up and this is mine. I don't want to let it go. No. Let's be open and spread the wealth. I mean, if it's not Michelle, it's John, it's Peter. I mean, I, I don't mind doing multiple, multiple clients. When, when the market was really good, we, one time we had 50 escrows. Oh my! No, but that I was involved with, involved in the aspect of me buying it with these people. I didn't have any money. I had zero money because I had a big overhead. I had overhead, my, my, my overhead month was $45,000, which that changed from there to today. My overhead today is minimal. So I learned that I'd rather help you and make 2000 50000 whatever it is, and then you can help me too. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's reciprocal. Yeah. And guess what? Most of those clients, they're still my clients and they repeat clients, not just one to 10 transactions. So I think that uh, I also learned early on is about building a business by referral only. If you yes. build a business by referral only, every time, like if you were to send me a client, I don't have to sell myself to this client. They're already my clients because you, you, you pretty much already gave me that client. So I get calls sometimes, hey, you know what, my uncle, my mom, whatever, uh, asked me to call you. And, and it makes it easy because then the guards are down, you know, he's not going to screw me over because he already helped my mom, my dad. So I, I left the apartment. I, 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 this, the best thing that I could have done is building a business by referral only because then you're not struggling. I mean, today, in today's market, it's, it's, it's not easy, but I'm busy. I'm super busy, which is, I'm grateful and keeping my mind busy, you know, just keep things going. So I, I feel this mainly just be able to identify the opportunities to be able to help other people. Because once you put it out there, the universe just send it back to me with like an enormous, I mean, interest. It's amazing. Yeah. So talk a little bit about, you know, how your philosophy around referral only, because I think one of the things that's really happening with, you know, social media and creating funnels and get, you know, where you're not really touching anybody, right? You're going out with a big net, you're trying to scoop up as many people as possible and then dump them into a funnel and hope that somebody filters out at the end and buys. So talk about your philosophy around that and maybe the top two or three things that you feel are the most critical disciplines for people who want to build 
businesses through relationships? I feel that it's, it always gonna, one of the main things is value, bring value to the table. And unfortunately, with, uh, with all this social media and all that, and uh, with the millenniums and all that, is they're, they're, not in, they're not doing the, the it's, it's, I think it's more cold. It's, it's a cold society in the aspect of uh, if, if it's a younger no matter who you are, we're human beings. We want to be treated well. I go to a restaurant, treat me well, you're going to get a big tip, okay? So then by me getting on those funnels, which I actually, I debated that, and then I talking to my assistants, you know, I don't want to do that. I mean, I'm more like a, like I want to talk to somebody. I, I, when my, I just sent a text to a good friend of mine. I said, listen, I'd rather talk to you than Fucking text. Use my language. I don't mean to blur that, but but it's just like I, I feel like there is an uh, there's a lesson on the there's a miscommunication there, and uh, so when when it comes to me to buy a firm only, it's about let me hold your hand and I'm going to take you from A to Z, and I always tell them, you know, this is what we need to expect. This is what's going to happen, and and kind of walk him through it. Then me getting. My company does a lot of the, uh, they get a lot of leads on the internet. And they ask me, would you like this? Yeah, I take, take some of those. Well, the Remax is, except with Remax, they've been doing that for years and years. Up until today, I have closed zero transactions. And I don't know if it's because of my follow-up or maybe my systems, but um, I always call people and say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then what happens, they're talking to everybody. Yeah. It's, it's like an open relationship. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, no, well, I want you to just talk to me. You know what I'm saying? No. It's like, don't cheat on me. And, and, and I always tell people, you know, I'm going to do the best job for you, just like I did for Mary, Mary, Paul, whatever, whoever for you to me. All I want is for you to have an open communication. And whenever we find something, I will tell you we have these houses or whatever, if, if I'm selling or if I'm buying, if I'm selling in my house or if I'm, helping them to do any, any other transactions. I always tell them, I was giving my opinion if you ask me for it. And the other thing is, Marina, that I don't really see myself as a salesperson. I pick people choices. I'm gonna show you A, B, C, D, you pick. I don't really, that's, you know, I'm not gonna tell you, go this way, go, no. You look at it, ask me for my opinion at the end, I'll give you my personal opinion, but I'm not gonna tell you, you should buy this, no. Because then people feel like, they feel stressed. This is a really one of the, probably the biggest decisions that they're going to make in their life. Oh, absolutely. A lot, of, a lot of times, especially right now, some of my older clients, that was their best decision that they did before because now they're selling their house. They're making quarter of a million dollar profit, not paying any taxes. And now they can go, like I have two guys that just moved to Puerto Vallarta. They make $700,000 because they, they score. So they're yeah. like, Mark, you're going to go over there. And, and they're not saying thank you, but, I know that I was able to help them get there. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. That to me is super rewarding. But the whole mentality about buy, buy referral only, I always think about this, uh, uh, this analogy. When, when I go to the dentist, I have a really good dentist, and the office is kind of crappy, but, but it's, he's a really good dentist. And he makes me feel important when I go to his office. He knows what I like in reference to 
if there's a magazine or whatever, he would always, he, he's, he's an older gentleman, and he'll have a magazine uh, with a little sticky, and he said, uh, for Mario. And then, so while you wait, I, I, if you want me to read this article that he knows that I like this, this type of thing, or something he's reading a book, or you know, he's working on my TV, he's telling me all that. So then when you engage, guess what? I'm referring this guy like crazy. This, yeah. I like what he does, what he makes me feel. And that's the same thing that happens today. There is no feeling. It's like, well, I'm just got this, like I got, I, yesterday, I, I haven't been really showing a lot of houses unless they're empty. But this guy called me, he's a pastor. And uh, it's crazy because you know, I, I, I call him as a Rick, if you need help on anything, because I know they're, they're, they're delivering meals. So call me up. I got a car, you know, I got a truck, if I can help. So he called me later and said, well, I don't need you to do that, but I need you to look up this property for me. Can you be my, be my agent? If I wouldn't ever make that call, I would never got that, right? But so then he was telling me uh, when we went to look at this property, he said, you know what? I, told, I called several agents from church and nobody called me back. But since you asked me if I needed help, well, I'll call you because obviously I, I know you're available. And, uh, and so when we looked at this property, he was, uh, he was just saying that he, this, he gets a lot of leads on the internet. But he said, but it's different. It's cold. It's like, like I want to talk to somebody. I want somebody to tell me, dude, this is the best decision. Instead of like uh, somebody in uh, Florida say, yeah, go look at the house. And, and now these days everything is so automated. Yeah. You know, some, some companies, they, they, they call you to set up the scheduling and they open the door remotely. It's like, it's cold. I mean, so for me, maybe I'm going to call, call me old fashioned, but I like the fact that I can make people feel comfortable about their situation with the truth. You know, telling, you know, this is my experience. I think this is a goodbye or this may not be a goodbye. I mean, I got clients, I've been looking at houses for them for six months. Because we seen really nice houses, but it wasn't the right house for them. I said, no, nah, no, nah, you have two daughters, this neighborhood, you know, I, I wouldn't do that. And sometimes people go the opposite, and I'm, but at least I give them my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that's really interesting that you call a, a pastor to help and you end up getting a client. And I yeah. think one of the things that you're, that you're doing right now, you know, because this is another one of those times of uncertainty that we find ourselves in that you are doing some, you know, really unique things in terms of how you're connecting with clients and keeping that relationship building. So talk a little bit about what you are doing right now to just maintain connection with people, even though we're all pretty isolated physically from each other right now. Correct, correct. I actually was talking to my son about that two days ago, and he asked me, how many calls do you make a day? I said, well, I wish I could do 20. But once I engage with the client, with, with, I don't even call them clients. I call them friends because they, they, they know my kids or, or uh, they know about my parents somehow. Because once you engage with somebody for a period of time, you end up talking about your personal life. I want them to know who I am. So when they call me, say, oh, yeah, Mario's daughter goes to the school. Or, you know, so they, it's not like me, the real estate agent at the office. So um, one of the things that I, that I started doing uh, recently, a couple of weeks ago, is that I started calling some of my, my past clients and I've been going to, you know, I have over 700 past clients and I have more, but with the recession before, I don't know what the other people. <laughs> I remember each and one of them. I remember their ages in more or less what how old they are. So I've been going to the, 
to the older crowd lately. So literally what I say, like there's another guy, oh, there's another, oh my God, this guy Johnny and Cookie uh, Salvadora, he's also a pastor, but let me tell you the story. So I, I, I called him two weeks ago and I said, hey Johnny, how you doing? I said, hey Mario, and super nice guy. And um, talking about past clients, I done eight transactions with him since I've been in business. Oh. And uh, so Johnny says, hey Mario, how you doing brother? Because he called me brother, because he's, he's an old gentleman. And then uh, he, was, he was just saying that they're, they're doing okay. I guess, you know, uh, my wife and I are doing good. The grandkids are doing good. So I said, you know what? You, usually around this time of the year, I, I will call you to check on you and to see, you know, kind of give you an update of the market and see how's going on and see maybe I can see how can I assist you with anything, you know, with real estate. Because he, he owns a couple of properties. And uh, it so happens that every time I do that, he says, oh, you know what? Let's, let's sell that property. But this time it's this. <laughs> But I, so I tell him usually around this time, I, I will do that. But I said, but I don't think that because of the current situation, we may not want to talk about that unless you want to. And then, and then he'll say, yeah, and then whatever, he just goes on in the conversation. And I said, well, Johnny, I said, I, what, what's going on? I, I want to let you know what is, cur- what is occurring to me. And so, yeah, yeah. I said, how are your parents? And then I, I tell him about me this much because I'm, I'm not here to tell him about me. I said, but I want to know what's occurring to you and your family. And he just goes on and on and telling me, oh, you know what, I'm kind of worried because his, his daughter is a nurse. His, grand, his granddaughter is a nurse. And then uh, he mentioned something, oh, a paramedic, the boyfriend of one of the granddaughters is a paramedic. They said, I'm just concerned about them because they're there. Like they're, they're in the battle. And so I've been praying for them and, and that and this and this and that. And so it's, it's cool then that my ex-wife is a nurse. And she's still a nurse. She's a charge nurse of a, of a local uh, hospital. Says, oh, really? And then we start talking about that. And then it just becomes this longer conversation. And at the end, I, he's not telling me he's cold sold. No, it's, it's not even about that. It's about connecting. Connecting with them. How are you doing? How's your family? How's this? How's that? And then Later, I mean, maybe in a couple, two, three weeks, I check with them again. But now I have them on my Facebook. As a matter of fact, I was just going to say that because he's a pastor. He's a retired pastor because, but, uh, because of the current situation, he's doing uh, a service on Facebook. So last night they did a Bible study, and, and I was able to catch a little bit. So, I, you know, again, a form of connection. Hey, uh, uh, her, his, wife, his wife was by Cookie. He said, hey, Cookie, tell uh, Johnny I really enjoyed the Bible study yesterday. I had it in the background uh, as I was doing a couple of things here in my desk, but I was present, right? And that's also a form of uh, connecting with them. And uh, um, so that's, that's really what I've been doing. And not everybody is, is just as in a good position as this people, Johnny. I mean, there's other people that were connected with this. I was calling this gentleman and his wife answered. And he was, she was just saying, oh, yeah, we're just here at home. And, and so she started just venting man kind of, and, and i know both of them but she was just saying we have never spent this much time together and with the kids and it's really there's a lot of tension and this done and that and that and that that's it so i so then i say you know what some of the things that i heard my my brothers and sisters have been doing because i don't have any more little ones this is what martin's doing and this is uh and i said remember, remember my brother jaime and then I don't know. Is he the one that cleans pools? So yeah. So well, Jaime does this with his kids, and kind of like the stories that I was sharing with you that, that my dad would taught me how he taught me. He's always with stories. So I said, well, my brother's doing this. You know, he he takes the kids around the, the apartment complex and this little park and this and that. And uh, so you know, just to bring a little bit of 
I don't know if that I brought a piece of mind for her, but maybe some ideas. And then I, I, I talked to another lady that she was saying, my daughter loves to read. She, has, she had a lot of books. She already read them all. She doesn't have access to the libraries. The libraries are closed. And she said, do you know what can I do? How can I get books? And then, I, then I call another past client who's a um, teacher, two teachers. I actually uh, emailed them. My clients, both of them immediately within an hour, replied with a list of stuff. She can do this. She can do this website. You know, stuff that I don't know. I mean, yeah. my kids, you know, they, they get their own stuff. They can figure it out themselves. So I'm just trying to be in a source of, you know, like connecting people, you know, like just, I feel like an operator sometimes back in the days when they had to like connect us. Oh, yeah. That's what I do. That's what I do. And I love what I do. I love it. It's, it's, it's so rewarding to know that I refer you to Johnny, that, you know, you know, it's like, it's like a whole, and, and plus we live in this, uh, that the Coachella Valley, uh, the area that, that I service, it's relatively small, but it's, lo- it's, it's large, but um, not everybody knows each other, but a lot of people know me. So I wanted to make, so I, I'm grateful that I can connect people, you know? Yeah, they say, you know, that one of the things about, you know, your network is people get this false sense of I've got connections, right? I've got all these friends or these connections or people who follow me. But the power of your network is only to the extent that you can get that network to go to work for you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that that's one really big lesson that I'm hearing from you out of this is, you know, you got to engage with the network so that the network is able and willing to respond when the time comes. Correct. And right now, I think that that's so important because we don't have our normal social networks. Our, our social networks are disrupted. We can't go to work. We don't, you know, it's not like we're able to sit and have a cup of coffee with coworkers. We don't have our usual outlets. We can't go away from our home. We're all, our, our world has become the home and everyone in it. And so I think that that's so powerful. What you're doing is that you're engaging the network to create, you know, support for people who really need it right now because their normal channels are disrupted. That's mm-hmm. amazing. It's amazing. And I know you were talking about your father earlier and your, your father was a storyteller. Yes. And I think that that's serving you really well right now, because the last thing that people want in this particular situation is to be told something, right? We're already running on high octane. So to be told isn't what we want. We want, I think we're really looking for the dialogue. And so you being able to tell stories that are helping people with solutions, I think that's a great gift that you learned from your dad. That's awesome. Yes. And you know, he's, he's still, he's still, every time I, because I'm so blessed, I talk to my parents multiple times during the day, especially right now. My dad still tells me stories, man. He's like, or he said, he'll come up with a joke and said, hey, have I told you the last one about X, whatever. <laughs> Sometimes the joke is not even really funny, but I love the fact that my dad just totally gets into it because like I get why he's doing what he's saying. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes not even the joke is like, I just want to engage with you. It's like, cool. Yeah. Well, or dad, what's going on? And uh, and being like just that's like you said, being at home, and that because I'm I told them anything you need, you don't need to go because they're older. Their health is my mother's uh, health that is being fragile. We talk about um, how like the universe aligns. My mom has been in hospice three times in the last four years, oh like my. to die. Right? We I, we even celebrate her uh, church service alive that she was dying. Well, my mom's still alive, 
thank God, thank God. And she is in such a good spirits. And um, I, I cook for them once. I, I bring them a meal a day. So mm -hmm. I said, what do you like? And she just tells me, well, how about eggs, whatever, right? And so I've been learning to how to cook some Mexican food that I never really cooked Mexican food before because I had my family are Mexican. So I said, well, can you make me this? I've been learning and I enjoying. That's, that's another passion of mine. I love, love to cook. Love to cook. I can do that all day, especially here in my house. Got a little music going and I, I love doing that. As a matter of fact, tomorrow I'm going to make you, I don't know if you ever had, um, you know what our bondigas are? Meatballs? Meatball nope. soup? Nope. It's a, nope. It's, a, it's a Spanish soup with meatballs. Oh my God, but it's so tasty. I, I, just, I just made it last week and I just kind of, I got so in love with that. So with my network, I know a lady that sells Tupperware. So yesterday, day before yesterday, I called her, hey, um, I, I need some, some Tupperware like bowls. So yesterday I bought 10 of them. So tomorrow I'm going to make some soup. And I already label who I'm bringing it to because my parents live in a senior community. Right. So I already, I, I told my mom, uh, called some of her friends that tell them that tomorrow I'm bringing lunch. Because oh, that's I awesome. love to cook. Love, love, love to cook. I yeah. think, you know, I think that's another thing, like in terms of entrepreneurs, sometimes we can get so focused on the business at hand and we get so wrapped up. And even when there's not a lot of business, we're still 100% focused on the business that we miss the opportunity to develop passions and hobbies outside of the thing that we do. And, exactly. You know, I know you, you love to cook. You're an avid runner. You've got a lot of, you know, things that you do with your family. You love to travel. How, how have you managed to keep some of that in balance? Or have you had times of your life where you lost the focus on life being life and got just sucked in by work? I, I'm going to have to go back a little bit so I can tell you when I learned certain things. Um, when I was married to my, um, my second wife, which is my, my, my daughter's mom, I, I was working hard all the time. I worked long hours. We were selling a lot of property, but I had a lot of pressure because I had four of my siblings working for me, plus a couple other people that were used to work with me. So I felt like, like I had to, I, I, I had to come up with, my payroll and, and we were doing extremely well. We were doing really, really well. So I, I kind of uh, got distracted and because I said, well, Susan, my ex-wife, she can take care of the house and she did an amazing job with the kids. She did great. So I thought my job was like being the provider and I helped once in a while. And my thought at that time is like, we travel a lot. For me, my way to disconnect is like, I will, I will say, you know what? Because she had two kids from my previous marriage and my son from my previous marriage. And she'll call her ex-husband. I call my ex-wife. Can you watch the kids for a week? And we just leave. We travel everywhere. But a lot of times, I didn't really enjoy it because I was still really engaged with work. Because it was like, a, the way I can say it was like, I was on a train, and the train is going 100 miles per hour. And I couldn't get out of the train because I, I was just killing it. We were, we were doing really well. And it just became a habit. And I feel like today, I always, obviously, I I still love traveling, but uh, I think the credit, I'm going to give the credit the fact to have a good assistant. I have an amazing assistant, and maybe she can listen to this. Because, oh, my God, she makes my life easy. Easy in the aspect of uh, uh, paperwork and emails and stuff. All I do is forward, forward, forward. And she'll say, and she'll send me a text, no, this one you need to read. And go, okay, then, then I reply. 
because that makes my life so much easier because in this media and internet and emails that could consume your day oh, like yeah. being, being home here uh, uh, one of the things that we did at first uh, about a month ago is like she went part-time and she's working at a home which is perfect she has two girls and her husband is in the um, he's a police officer so no he's chief of police or something like that so then she'd rather be home that's a perfect but uh, so we worked up to, to the fact that uh, to, to the point that she knows how I think. She knows what decisions to make. I said, unless you feel that I need to be the one making decision, come. Otherwise, just run with it. And, and, and I feel very confident on her decisions. You know what I'm saying? So that to me, that plays a big role in my day because then whew, I, can, I can do whatever, which is taking care of my clients and generating more business. And, um, and you know, that, that to me, I, I can attribute that and also the fact that after I got divorced, I said, oh, man, maybe if I could have, could have, should have, would have, then I took a different approach in life. I, my health is very important because of my dad, my, my parents' health. I see how they, their health deteriorated. So to me, running, hiking, working out, eating well, that's super important. That plays a big role in my life mm-hmm. because... I want to be here for a while. I want to be here for my grandkids. I want to be here for, you know, for, for my daughter's wedding. I'm like, like, you know, like I have plans. And, and God only knows if he, if he allows me to be, to, to be there, but I'm doing my part. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, so I, 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 again, I love to travel. So I do anything, anything that take me there. As a matter of fact, in this, in this month, I was supposed to actually today, uh, no, tomorrow, Saturday, we will be, uh, I forget, is today Thursday? Or Thursday? I know, it's all tomorrow. a blur right now. So tomorrow, I was supposed to be returning from Puerto Vallarta because I was supposed to be there for six days, but obviously I had to cancel my trip because I love to travel, and one of the things that I've been doing lately, and God allows me to be able to do that, if I can leave every two months, every three months, I love to do that. Love, love to do that. And not so much to disconnect like I did when I was rolling like crazy with my, when I was married, but uh, more like growth. Like, I feel like every time I travel, I learn so much about myself, about other people, and it also allows me to connect more on a deeper level with family and uh, friends. Yeah. Yeah. So what has been, you know, in your, in your journey as a businessman, as a journey as a business owner, what has been like maybe one of the biggest things that you've had to overcome in order to continually achieve success? Because it just seems like every business that you've touched, you've been able to kind of walk out on the top, even when you were making those big shifts in your early career. What has been perhaps some of the biggest challenges that you've faced? Can I use a bad word? Yeah, go ahead. All right. And I'm going to use it to the full extent. Not giving give, parents a chance to cover their kids' ears. <laughs> not giving a fuck what other people think about me. That is the main, main, main thing. Not care. Not in a careless way, but being Hispanic, uh, when I first came here to Palm Springs, it was actually for, it was, it was not allowed at one point in time, to speak Spanish in public. Wow. And, oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it, it, was, it was like that. And, and I respected that, right? Because, you know, I'm in a different country, and, and I respect whatever the rules are. But I feel that looking back, it's like not caring when my, um, 
Ireland, this guy from Manchester would tell me, well, because he was, he, was, he was tough. He said, you need to really be a good MF motherfucker to make it in this business. So, well, I'm the guy, right? And, uh, but, you know, it hasn't been, I mean, it was never easy, but it's like not really worry about the fact that I'm Hispanic and I'm this. No, I can have anything I want because I'm going to create that. And it's hard sometimes to convey that to other people because they're like, well, what do you mean? Well, shit, I don't know. That I was wired differently. It's like for me coming here uh, from Mexico to here, I didn't have any choice but to be successful. There was no other choice. None. None. There's no, like, there was never in between. And it's like never, I'm not saying that I became this billionaire because I'm not. But guess what? I am the most happy I've ever been, I've always been, that I've ever been in my life. I can do whatever I want to do. I don't give a F about what other people tell me. Oh, don't go here, don't go there. Obviously, I'm super cautious with what I do. I'm adventurous and, and, and I, like, I, I love life and not life. And, and, and I'm not going to stop because somebody tells me, oh, don't F and do that. No, dude, I'm going to fucking do it. You know what I'm saying? Without disrespecting, because I'm the most respectful person when it comes to respecting other people uh, and anybody else. But um, I, I think that's the main thing because that had to be one of the toughest. It was, in, in, and I think that's the first time somebody asked me this and the first time that I'm sharing this because I've always been super silent in the back of my head. Like I never brought it up to the open. Like, yeah. it really bugged me before when so and so, because when, when I used to work, man, when I used to work in the restaurants, it was, there's a lot of um, prejudice. There's pre, the paper, oh my God, there was a lot of that. But yeah. to me, it's like I always felt like I had to blend in with somebody else and not so much blend in, but not caring. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a shit what you're saying. I don't care. You know, just, I just, and if they say something in the background, that's not going to stop me or mess up my day today. No. I mean, even to, I think today there's a lot of, it's, it's been brought up to my attention in years that, there's jealousy from other agents or there's jealousy from this. And well, dude, just go to work, make it happen. You know, do like, I have nothing on you. He's like, dude, just, you know, just do your thing. I think that's such a great lesson, Mario. Seriously. If, if all of us could learn to silence the voices that aren't our own, that put way too much negativity in our way, people could get a lot further, I think. Yeah, and I, I share with you some of the stuff that I wrote over here. Yeah, Just please do. Being, being a good listener, I mean, I'm, I'm going to share this. I don't know if you can see it. I can, uh-huh. Being a good listener, you know, and, uh, in, um, in my business, or just in life itself, you know, in, in a marriage, in a, in a relationship, you just have to be a good listener. And a good listener, and then make sure that what you say, you do. Yeah. Because we can say it so many things, and if we don't really put it in, in uh, if we don't the act, if you don't put anything in action, nothing happens, right? Yeah. So you know, talk a little bit again about you know just the industry you're in. You're dealing with all kinds of people, different economic situations, different stories, different reasons for you know needing your services. How do you stay? sort of just mentally sharp and not get exhausted because it's very obvious that you are a person that people can confide in. You open yourself up to that. You're invested in them regardless of whether they're happy and wealthy or broken and in a poorer circumstance. 
So how do you keep yourself sort of energized, revitalized, and on point for all of that? I've been doing this for a long, long time, which is running. I love to run. But one of the main things that I do in the morning, I like to get up in the morning and do my meditation. Believe it or not, I started doing meditation two years ago. And that truly changed my life to better, better my life 100%. Because by doing my meditation in the morning, it allows me to start my day with a clear mind and not getting out of bed and like, oh, I gotta do my coffee, I gotta run over here, I gotta do this, and then, because that's my, my brain functions that way. Yeah. I'm ADD to the crazy, I mean, I, I get up in the morning and I'm like going. And sometimes I've been criticized when I was married, it's like my wife said, well, can you just say a message? And this is a, this is a beautiful day, let's, let's go, right? Especially when we're traveling, I don't wanna yeah. be sitting there. So then, uh, so I get up in the morning, I do, do my meditation, and the moment coffee hits my brain, I better have a pen and a piece of paper. This, I drink this much coffee, but for whatever reason, and it, it works for me, and I identify it. I have my notepad right there. And then from there, I got some ideas. But the night before, I already wrote down like an outline on my day. Check my schedule, and I said, well, I got this appointment. And the, you know, it, right now, I don't really have that many appointments uh, uh, because of the, the, the current situation. But then I write down like uh, bullet points, I want to do this, you know, and then I categorize it. My house, because I'm at home right now, I can do stuff at home or stuff that needs to be done outside of the house. And when I go out, I go out once, once a day and, um, and I get it done. But this, uh, my meditation in the morning, I have to do some kind of workout. I, I, I live in an area that allows me to go hiking. I'm like about 10, 15 minutes from beautiful, amazing hiking trails. And I love doing that. And when I'm out there, I feel like a bird flying. And there's yeah. usually nobody there. It's just me. If I, I go up into the mountains high or running, after my second mile, I feel like I'm flying. I run four to six miles. Uh, and I like to work out. So I do one of those three things at least once a day. And then from there, I already have my outline of what I'm going to do. And sometimes when I'm running, I'm, I'm already making calls. Because people know that I get up early and, and, and like this morning I get up. I, I didn't go running this morning because I wanted to be prepared for my, for my call with you as well as I'm, I'm most productive in the morning. So I text like a 15 people, clients and stuff. So I got everything done. So I'm like, man, two hours into the day, I got this, man. It's like I'm, I'm almost done with this. And the other thing I think is like you got I, I, to be excited. I mean, I, I'm truly blessed and excited to do what I do. I mean, I, 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 I know I sound like a repeating machine over here, but you got to enjoy what you do. And if you're not, and if I'm not enjoying it, I better pivot and do something else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if I, or sometimes I, I hike with a couple of friends and they like walk really slow and I'm cool with that. But, uh, but I'd rather not do that because that's not my thing. For me, it gets me to a different level when I hike a little faster or run or whatever. And also connecting with, key people today like today i connect with key people in my, my my parents you're good perfect so then I, I check in with them one of my sisters having a tough time right now going through a little divorce so then i send her oh the other thing oh man i almost forgot music plays a major part of my life i have speakers in my house and i have it set up so in the morning i like to listen like let's say pandora yep. i listen to 
Enya, which is music with very little words. I don't want words. I in my love, head. I love Enya. She was my college study yeah. go-to. I, I think I had all of her albums at one point in time. So right now, when you go to Pandora, you play, they play music similar to her. Like right now, I was playing Witch in the back, background over there. Because it just allows my brain to come down. But then once I get going, I better play some dancing music or something. You know? And then that plays all day. And, uh, and when I come home, I can set it up so it's like, whoop, more like classical music, chill, relax. But music plays a big, big, big part of my life. Growing up, growing up. Forever. I remember one time we were sitting around this bonfire when I still live in Mexico. They were, I was still young, so I wasn't drinking, but these other guys were drinking. And one guy gets up and he's like, what we would do, what, where would we be with no music? And that really stuck in my head because that music to me plays an enormous uh, role in my life. I used YouTube a lot with my friends or my family or my sister right now, I send them meditations. Every morning I send at least five people something. A lot of times people don't respond. And again, I don't give up nothing. I don't care. I'm just, and I, and I was just, I'm, I heard this and thought about you, boom. And then if they listen to it, if they don't, it's fine with me. I'm doing however I felt at that moment to do it. Yeah. And so I, I again, that music running, and always have a, what helps me is to be certain. I'm certain about my day. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do. And I, I, something could kind of not ruin your day, but kind of move stuff around and you just pivot, go around it, get it done. And then, like I said, sometimes it, that day could end. And if I didn't finish everything, tomorrow I'll get it done. But if I know that I did everything that I, the max that I could do today, then I'm happy with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there's so many great lessons in that, you know, discipline, minding your you sort of your mental state, using music as a way to kind of let your body know what part of the day you're in. Like, this is quiet and reflective time. This is go time, high intensity. This is calm down, enjoy your life, enjoy your hobbies. Like, it sounds like you really use music and just your habits to help sort of move yourself through the day in a way that's positive and and it sounds like all the way through your whole day you're just giving your output you're just putting things out into the world because you're thinking of others and whether those people respond back has nothing to do with the activity it's the activity itself that is so important to you yeah and you know i i was thinking about that like if i listen to this guy um i always listen to a preacher and when, when I start my running, I, it's maybe about 20, 25, but always different messages. And, uh, and as I'm, I'm listening to his messages, I'm still like thinking and analyzing what he's talking about, kind of put into perspective and all that. And I sincerely can say that everything that I do, those messages or me texting somebody or whatever, I do it at a, uh, I've been there. Like my sister's going through situations. Some of my clients are going through situations. It's like, I've been there. I know how that shit feels. I know that nobody called me. And I know that it was crappy. It was crappy. And, and I know that maybe a message could change somebody's day. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was a lady, um, not my client, but she called me about her brother. Make a long story short, I went to look at this house of her brother. Her brother got deported. He's in Mexico. He wants to sell his house. He's behind. And I haven't seen this girl in 33 years. And then uh, 
And she said, well, all my family, because my brother left, everybody went to Mexico and I'm here by myself. And she was just telling me what this current situation, I'm just depressed or whatever. This morning, because I said, oh, you know, I go hiking. Maybe, you know, this is what helps me. This is what I do. Maybe you should try it. And I'm not saying go with me because that's not the point here. So this morning she sent me pictures and a video said, I finally got out of the house. And she sent me pictures. She said this, another area in the, in the valley. And she said, it's so beautiful. Thank you so much. It was like, fuck, man. Fucking do that? It's like, it doesn't cost anything. It's just a matter of just putting energy out there. And then, like I said, I'm so blessed that it comes back to me like, yeah. and I don't I want it to come back to me. It's just nobody knows but that how I operate. That's how that's what makes me feel good. That's what that's my gas, my gasoline for today. The yeah. fact that I can just give a little boom something, you know. And I always tell myself that I'm a farmer. I every day I throw seeds out there. Seeds every day. How many seeds do you put out there? I don't know. The more seeds, the best. Because guess what? In a year, in two weeks, in a day, or whatever, those seeds just keep coming back. Yeah, it's Mario's I, version of Farmville, right? You're just planting. I'm going. Yes, plant, man. <laughs> See, seriously, I just throw seeds out there because you know. Sometimes I I could feel like they feel right now, and that message will come to me too. Somebody will take the time to do that for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Give, give our listeners kind of Mario's top, top tips for shifting your state of mind. So right now, I think a lot of people are vacillating, right? Like one minute we're okay, then the next minute we're just mad and furious and anxious and angry or sad or scared, and then we're okay, and then we're not. So give them Mario's top tips on managing your mindset, how to shift from not so great just super great. Mm -hmm. I think the first thing right now, this is, uh, I, and, and I heard it from Coach Tema, this is the perfect time for us to be able to take the time and analyze where we stand. If you got laid off from a job that you hated, maybe it's the best time for you to find a different job or a career that you will enjoy more. I think that's one, to be able to identify it. Because it's like, you start with zero you have zero fuck it then start all over again then make a plan because i feel that right now couples families this this could be the big tool to bring us together because i feel that if you really utilize the time to connect with your loved ones your co-workers and really put that energy out there that could be super beneficial because right now our our kids are seeing how are we reacting to this and guess what? Unknowing to, unknowingly to us, we're building their character. Because they're going to look back and say, well, my freaking dad did this or my mom did this. Or it could be a fucking disaster. You know what I'm saying? It could yeah. be one or the other. So then it's up to us to really take control. And even if you are in a situation that you're a single dad like myself, what can you do to be a better you tomorrow? And it, either it could be listening to your music listen to whatever or read but i think that we need to be occupying our minds today with positive stuff not necessarily netflix and all that stuff but i think that main thing knowing where we stand today second is that to be able to connect with people 
especially the people next to you, close to you, because we are using our phones too much. We're still trying to connect with the other world, but we're here in a house and we're not even connecting with each other. Put the phones down. Really, I feel like God is allowing us an opportunity to say, come on, this is not what it's about. I'm giving you one more chance. And like I said on the, on the last meeting, uh, on the last call, I feel like when all this is over, I want, if I ask you or if somebody asks me, what did you do for the last three, four months or whatever? I want to be able to say, I read this book. I da, 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 da. Instead of saying, I watched three series on Netflix and I scratched my, my belly and I didn't do anything. No, I want to have some results. And, yeah. I feel that, and I feel that right now where we are, is like, what results do we want to have between now and then? Because that is going to be very, very crucial. It's, this, is, this is a tough time. And I feel that if we don't really take it super seriously, we're going to get screwed. And unfortunately, there's going to be a lot more ramifications that, um, that are being foreseen. But I feel that um, being together, being close to family, and also be good to your body. Be good to your body. Because this is my temple. That's how I take care of my body. Don't eat crap. Eat healthy. You know, walk. Do exercises. Do whatever it takes to take care of you. And then the other most super important is uh, your mental, you know, your well-being and here in your head. What's in your head? Because uh, this is a tough time, man. People are going a little crazy. Like uh, I was sharing, I'm not that much crazy, but she's going through a lot of tough times. And it's hard, it's, it's hard uh, for us to be able to understand that people don't have any control sometimes. They just, their mind just goes crazy. Um, but I feel that meditation could be super, super, super good for people. The other thing that I like to do in the mornings, I like to, after my meditation, I listen to like a five-minute meditation in the morning. And at night, always, always a night meditation. So you can just, I never listen, I probably listen to one minute because I pass out. But it allows me, but it allows me to enter into a deep sleep right away and be able to relax. Yeah. And I feel that, if we do those things and just be good, to our, be, be good to ourselves and also be in peace because this will pass. This will pass. And then also, uh, and regardless of if this is an, 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 if we're in December and everything's not still, you know, all these applies because to have a successful life is not about accumulating stuff. It's about how do I feel about myself? I had, in the past, I made tons of money. I said tons of money, a lot of money. And I don't care to have that much money today because I'm in a much better place today. So much happier, so much more healthier, um, more giving, more open. Be, and also the other thing is be open-minded. Because this is a time to be open-minded about making a shift. I'm like, well, I need to make a, I need to pivot, I need to do this. Well, be open-minded if you've been in the restaurant business, it's cool to go do something else, you know, it's, but and trust yourself. We got to trust ourselves yeah. because nobody is going to give us the encouragement than ourselves. So whatever we tell ourselves, the biggest enemy we have sometimes is ourselves. It's like if whatever we tell ourselves, that's what's going to happen. I heard this phrase from this guy. It says, what you think about, you talk about. What you talk about, you are about. So talk really good things about yourself. You know, affirmations. Do those things. 
and I, and may, maybe I'm just going around and around, but to me, that stuff works. And if it works for me, I know it can work for a lot of people. Yeah. And, and if it doesn't, then find something else that, that, that helps you. Yeah. I think that that is, that is such invaluable advice because we seem to run in two speeds, right? We have acquisition mode. So we run really hard at acquiring. And in times like this, we are in, you know, hold mode, which is I'm trying to hold on to everything I've got. We get like a scarcity mindset. You know, if you look at just what's happened with toilet paper, I mean, just insane, right? So I feel like that, that is such great advice to everybody is to really take care of all aspects of your life, your physical body, your mental self, your relationships, and, you know, focus on what we can focus on and, and not worry quite so much about all the things that we don't have so much control over because there's plenty that we can do in this time, even though the way we do it is very different potentially right now. So yeah. I love that. So wrapping up, last thing, last bit of Mario wisdom. If, you know, people are sitting on the precipice right now, there's a lot of people that are home right now with an opportunity to dig into that business idea, to try that hobby, to dream a, a different dream. So as someone who has really gone after life with gusto and enthusiasm and made the opportunities your own, what's your, give them your top bits of advice for people who are sitting there going, should I, should I, should I, what would you say to them? I'm going to say one phrase and I'm going to tell a brief, brief story. Hey, do it with passion, one, and do it like if your life depends on, because your life do depends on this right now. There was a, there's a grandfather sitting in the back of his house on this mountain house, and his grandson is sitting next to him. And there's a rabbit that is coming down the little hill. And then a coyote sees the rabbit, and the grandpa tells the, the little kid, once they start running, who do you think is going to win? And then he says, well, the coyote, he's bigger, he's faster. He says, no, the rabbit. He said, why, Grandpa? Because the rabbit is running for his life, and the coyote is running for his supper. <laughs> so run for your life, and this is really, let's do this. Make a change if you need to make a change, or go with all you have it. If you're going to stay in this in business, go fucking go after it. Like if your life depends on, because in reality, our life does depend on that. Yes. I love that. Mario, there, there are people who are going to want to connect with you for sure. And they're going to want to follow what you're doing and just see all the amazing things you're getting into. How do people find you? How do they connect with you? I, you know, I'm, I'm, again, I'm old school. I, I don't really carry a website only because, like I said, not that I'm against it. I'd rather not expose myself to get all these leads and all this stuff that I don't really, uh, they can call me on my number. Can I get my number now? Absolutely. Go for it. 760-250-5398. 760-250-5398. My email is super easy. My name, Mario Perez. 92262 at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure that that is in the show notes because, you know, we're here in the Midwest. Midwesters love Palm Springs. They love oh. to buy stuff in Palm Springs. So 
we'll have to we'll have to see what this kicks up for you but you know in the meantime just seriously thank you for thank you. your energy your wisdom your passion for life your willingness to share your willingness to go out there and do the extra mile at a time when a lot of people are a little scared to do that i i just think your example for how you're living is an amazing one for all of us and i just thank you for giving us a little bit of time today so that we can learn from you thank you again really really do appreciate it welcome we'll talk again soon thank you ciao this is rena striggle and you have been listening to the courage to break through podcast please visit my website at renastriggle.com and find me on instagram facebook and twitter if you haven't yet please go to itunes and subscribe rate and review this podcast Join me next week for another inspirational episode where you will hear how real life people just like you have discovered the courage to break through.